0: Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, it's Kathleen. Welcome to Homeschooling 101 week four. In my personal update, I am recording on a Friday morning, which is the very last day for recording because the Gabe, our editor, he likes to have these Friday night, but I waited to the last minute because they were supposed to pave our street, our road in our neighborhood. And so every morning, because I like to record in the morning. Are they gonna pave? Do we need to move the cars? So anyway, here I am, last minute. But I uh, another part of my personal update is something that I was actually thinking and dreaming about as pertaining to homeschooling. So I was kayaking the other day, and I was just going right along the edge of the lake and watching for birds. And turtles and all those sorts of things because I love to do that. So I heard this hawk. I just heard him screeching. You know that screech if you've heard it before. So I stopped and I just kind of waited and I was like, I want to see this thing. So here it came, just flying up out of the woods with a mole or a mouse in its mouth. I was like, I was startled because I wanted to see this majestic, beautiful bird, but I did not want to see it devouring something. I was like, okay, that was interesting. And then, just a few minutes later, I saw a blue heron beside a rock on the beach, like the rocky part of the beach. And I got as close as I could to it, and it flew up on top of the rock and then the other side of the rock. Okay, so I... Kayaked over to the other side of this big, huge boulder, and there it was. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. It's so It was kind of greenish, bluish. It was a young one. And then all of a sudden, it dipped its little beak in the water and came up with a crawdad and just started crunching it. And I was like, oh, that is not what I wanted to see. And for some reason, that little, those two scenes would not leave my mind. And last night, I kept waking up and thinking about that. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, that's how it is with homeschooling sometimes. We're like, okay, I'm so excited. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. The kids are going to make connections, and we're just going to have such a great time. And the next thing you know, they're chewing one another up. They're doing things that we don't want them to be doing. And sometimes we're thinking in our mind, oh my goodness, you're wrecking the school day with all your whining and complaining and, you know, biting and devouring one another. So that just, I, I don't know why that wouldn't leave my mind, who needed to hear that. And the, And the truth is, those are things that are going to happen to you. I can remember just having, you know, the kids' clothes picked out. Like, one of the things we used to do is pick out their clothes the night before to avoid that thing in the morning. And um, I would have all of the check marks. Like, I cleaned up the kitchen before I went to bed. I picked out the clothes, you know, with their help, of course. And, you know, I have a breakfast plan and... I know what we're doing lesson plan wise. And I would be like, I've got it all down. I know it's going to be a good day tomorrow. And I would wake the kids up and we would get started. And then the devouring, the hawk with the mouse, like one of the older kids picking on the younger kids or one of the younger kids picking on the older kids. And I'd just be like, wait a minute. I did everything right. You can't do this. It can't be this way. But it is, because our kids are individuals, they're human, they have human nature, they're going to do things that we don't want them to do, but that, and I know I've said this before, please do not think in any way that just because your kids are misbehaving, or melting down, that that is a sign that you should stop homeschooling. Imagine if you were in a corporate job and you were in a meeting and everybody's disagreeing and we don't want to spend the budget that way or we don't like your idea that you just stood up and said, I quit. No, I find it very interesting that when it comes to homeschooling or staying at home to raise your children, that the the tone of thinking goes to quitting so much quicker than any other walk of life. And I think that's cultural. Okay, I'm going to move on from there. I don't want to spend too much time there. Okay, and so in our community update, um, I have been enjoying seeing people post comments now about curriculums. I asked Nicole Reader to, because she had posted on her personal page, something about the writing curriculum that she uses. So anytime that you have something to offer as far as homeschooling, then feel free to post it on the page. You don't know who might need to hear what you have to say. And even one of my friends, um, Heather, I saw on Instagram, she had shared something about homeschooling. And so I asked her, can I share that? So I will be sharing that on the Homeschooling 101 page because it was very encouraging. So on to the questions for this week. And I don't know why I made these questions because these are kind of difficult, but I'm going to do them. (laughs) Number one, I'll just read through all the questions and I'll go back and answer them. Number one, when things get rough, how do you handle it? Number two, when do you take a short break or a long break? Number three, how has homeschooling affected your spiritual journey? Wow. Okay, number one, when things get rough or tough, how do you handle it? I talked about this a little bit on my video I made. It's on the Homeschooling 101 page. And you do have to click on it because I use Vimeo because I use that for teaching courses um, to watch it. So if you didn't get to watch that, go back and watch it. So one of the things that I did when things were getting tough in the middle of the day was what I will call my bathroom prayer, which I, always didn't, I didn't always get to go to the bathroom, but it was just, you know what, things are, I don't know what to do, Lord, but my eyes are upon you. I need your help. And Rachel Yankovic talks about in her book, You Who, planting flags when things get difficult during your day, because they will. And if you're having smooth sailing, I'm sorry to tell you, sometimes they're just going to get difficult. Planting a flag is just saying, you know what, just stopping and acknowledging God and saying, Lord, Lord. I'm acknowledging you, I'm stuck, I'm frustrated, these kids are stuck and frustrated, they're struggling, we're struggling, we need your help, we need your grace, and some of us might even need your mercy, because we've done some things that we are ashamed of, but we need to move forward from this moment, so I'm planting a flag here, acknowledging you, and moving forward. So that is one of the things. And then another thing, when things got tough, sometimes I would have to stop and examine what I was doing or what curriculum I was using or what the child was struggling with. Because we can make the schedule an idol, which I talked about in School Schedules and Grace last week. There's an article. It's on the Homeschooling 101 page. About that. And we can, we can just be like, oh my goodness, we're just plowing through. We're going to get through this schedule. And sometimes we just need to stop because things are difficult because it's not working for that child. And they are frustrated and they're not getting it. And it's more important that they get it. And we have to find a way. And yes, there have been times where I've just said, you know what? I spent money on this curriculum, but it is not working. And if there's still time to send it back, send it back. If there's not, sell it to someone else and move on. Do not be so tied to something that you purchased that you're going to end up with a frustrated, melting down every single day child. It's not worth it. Okay. Um, I'll let the other ladies answer that, So, because I could talk about that one all day. Number two, when do you take a short break or a long break? Okay, short break is pretty easy. You can see, again, don't let your schedule be the boss of you. You can see when kids are overly tired and frustrated, and it's just too much for them. They need a short break, and I've mentioned this. I'll keep mentioning this. Kids need to move. You know, our lymph nodes do not have a drainage system. We have to move to get them to drain. And when you're sitting for a long period of time, and when you're tensing up, and when you're feeling frustrated, then you've got all these toxins that are building up in your lymph nodes. This is a little science for you. So you need to move, do jumping jacks, jump on a mini trampoline, run around the yard, Get those things moving. I do that a lot now. Like I'm sitting at my desk writing. I have to remind myself, or my watch does, to get up and go walk around, move around. I even have an exercise bike with a computer stand on it so that I can, when I'm writing it, it's hilarious because I'm like on the lowest setting. I'm just letting my legs move. Because I'm not trying to work out. I'm just trying to move and write at the same time. So kids need to move. You know, you know when they're getting too tired, too frustrated. And here's the thing. Don't wait until they go over the edge. You know the warning signs. Now a long break, you can plan those. Those are great to plan. If you say, after six weeks of school, we're going to take a day off. And mark that on the calendar. Let them see that. Or after 12 weeks, we're taking a week off, and we're going to do some fun things. Kids will look forward to that. They will pay attention to that, especially if you point it out. It's on the calendar. It's okay. You're in charge. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And you don't have to keep plowing through the whole year and trying to hammer these things into your kids it will become a lifestyle and it will become more natural but you'll know you can you can dictate when the break is you can decide it and maybe you get i don't know there was always something about october like you're plowing through you're doing great and october hits and you, and sometimes the kids are like are we doing school forever is this going to go on forever and ever when's christmas when's thanksgiving you know You decide. You decide. Okay. All right. Number three. How has homeschooling affected your spiritual journey? Yikes. That's a big one. Honestly, truthfully, I thought I was a pretty good Christian until I started homeschooling. I'm just being honest here. Because you know, the one thing that homeschoolers get all the time is this statement. Well, I don't have enough patience to homeschool. Well, I didn't either, but you don't get patience until you start trying to work it out. I mean, it's there. It's part of the fruit of the spirit and you have to work on it and you have to let it grow. And really being with my kids all day was wonderful, but it also made me grow spiritually. It made me more aware of the fact of how much I needed the grace of Jesus every single day of my life. And it prompted me to make sure that I got up in the morning and spent time with the Lord, even if I was holding a baby and praying at the same time and feeding that baby. Because there is nothing, there is nothing more wonderful and difficult than staying at home and teaching your children. Those two things go together. It's not an easy journey. But anything, anything that's really, really worthwhile is going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of work. So yes, homeschooling greatly, greatly affected my spiritual journey because I went from my kids being in school while Audrey was in school and Amory was in preschool and going to the gym every day and working my schedule around their schooling and then getting them from school and going to sports. And my interactions, sadly, which makes me really want to cry with them, were just in those minutes where we were eating dinner or rushing to the car or rushing to this. And yes, I would get frustrated with them sometimes, and they got frustrated with me, I will tell you that for sure. But at the same time, I wasn't there connecting with them fully, utterly, completely until I started homeschooling. And that really opened my eyes to what God wanted me to do, what he was expecting of me, because that is a weighty, weighty proposal. No, I am not saying that our kids are supposed to come first. God comes first. But I'm sure that you've already noticed you might need more grace, more prayer. Ask some people to partner with you in prayer that you trust because this is not an easy journey. It's a wonderful journey. There are so many exciting, great things about watching your kids get something for the first time understand something for the first time and knowing that you were there to be part of that is amazing it is amazing but there's something also so countercultural right now oh you just stay home or are you oh you. you know you you should leave that to the professionals that's one i heard all the time even though i do have a teaching degree you don't have to have a teaching degree but I just thought that was funny. Leave that to the professionals. I am the professional. I'm the mother. I'm the mother of these children. Nobody knows them better than I do. Nobody cares about them more than I do. And that's the same for your children. So yes, it will change you spiritually. It will push you towards the cross. It will push you every day towards seeking God so that you can be kind and loving and faithful and still teach at the same time and manage your household. So I'm going to stop and let these other ladies talk. Thanks for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.
1: Okay, Lori here again, answering this week's set of questions that Kathleen has sent us for Homeschooling 101. Um, The first one is, when things get rough, how do you handle it? Well, Hmm, I'm probably going to guess that cry into my pillow is not the right answer. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, honestly, when things get rough, I try to gauge um, things that have surrounded us in our lives recently. Have we um, done a lot of outside the home activities and like barely been home? Has it been really busy lately? Has there been a lot of distracting? Has something is something going on in one of my children's lives? Um, Are they overloaded? Are like there's a lot of um, things that could cause um, them to have a rough time. So I try to gauge that. and sometimes I'm good about it, and other times I just react, and it's not a, it never helps anything whenever you just react. It's just frustrating. Um, so I try to gauge that and see, uh, should we take a break? Um, do we need to go for a walk? Do we need to go for a hike? Do we need to um, just throw out the books for the day? Um, and again, you got to know your kids to do that, to be able to say one way or the other sometimes um sometimes you just have to fly your white flag and be like all right let's let's take a time out for everybody (laughs) uh because in the long run um your relationship with your children um and their relationship with god is what matters at the end of the day so Um, number two, when do you take a short or long break? Um, I don't schedule breaks anymore. Um, I know whenever they were younger, uh, we kind of did that. Um, but now, some days they get up and they're like gung-ho for school and they get it all done at one time so that they don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. And I really love those days. Those are awesome days. Um, but some days, um they, um, something like I said, depending on what's happened in our lives recently, they may need break times in between, or if one of our lessons happens to be extra long, um, it's time for a break. We had, we just recently studied Christopher Columbus in history and it was a lot, a lot of information, um, about him. So we had to break those, that lesson up into smaller segments and do them over the, course of the few days instead of trying to do it all at once. Um, and I do that sometimes, but then on other days there are lessons that are super short and you can combine them with another super short one. Um, you know, and it not be a major deal. Um, so, and the length of the break really depends on my child as well. Um, sometimes they only need a short one for just a little bit to shut their brain down for a second and not worry about the schoolwork and come back to it and other times we need to um, walk away for a couple hours and come back to it Um, it's not a race to see who could be finished the fastest although sometimes I think that my children race each other (laughs) not because I told them to but because they just do (laughs) Um, so yeah that goes back to knowing your kids and, and being able to Um, gauge that in their lives uh, when you should push them a little bit and when it's time to um, take a little bit of a break. Um, Number three, how has homeschooling affected your spiritual journey? Um, Well, this is, I think that it has made me rely on God more because on my own, um, I'm failing miserably, uh, constantly. Um, and every time I try to do it on my own, it just winds up a whole heck of a mess. (laughs) So I have to look at my children and myself the way God does. Um, and he's made them the way that they are for a purpose. And I can choose to... To hammer them into a this bubble... Um, that I think they need to fit in. Or I can help them navigate the world... To their own personalities. Like... Um, my... My daughter will... If she's interested in something, go off with it. I don't have to push her at all. She is sweet, tender-hearted. She loves people. She is amazing at a million things, but doesn't understand why younger girls look up to her, which is comical to me because I'm like, hello, have you seen yourself? You're amazing. No wonder they look up to you. Um, But in the same time... um. I try to help her understand, um, her importance, um, in Christ's eyes because the world is going to teach her, her importance in the world's eyes and it's not the same and it's not something to strive for. Um, my, my, uh, my middle son, however, is so hard headed and And he has like this clear black and white sense of right and wrong, and you don't cross it like there's no gray in between area. So I have to help him navigate those strong emotions that he has, um, and he has a lot of strong ones, and I have to help him know how to um, navigate the world with those strong opinions. Like I love that he has that strong sense of right and wrong. Um, however, I have to teach him how to be not so mean about it sometimes, uh, because he's very blunt, you know? So, um, that, that, so that's changed my spiritual walk a little bit. Um, and also uh, I, his homeschooling has allowed me to really hone in on the importance of a parent's job and the raising and teaching of biblical values and the Bible and God and the gospel. Like it's not, I used to think we went to church on Sunday and Wednesday and that was good enough. They were teaching them what they needed to know. Um, no, it's my job. The church is, he- is there to help me. Um, it's there to um, gather a like-minded um, body of Christ members to help enforce what I'm teaching at home, but it's ultimately me. I have to teach them that, and I have to live it by example. And I take that responsibility extremely, extremely seriously now, Um, especially going into these teenage years when the whole world is over-sexualized, and what you are trying to teach your children is so countercultural to that. And... um, so it's like you're fighting a you're fighting a battle for your for the souls of your children for Christ. So um, yeah, I think that homeschooling has taken me has grown me pretty far on my spiritual journey. So yeah, that's my take.
2: I will see you next time. Hi, I'm Amory, and I am going to answer this week's questions. Which, the first one is, when things get rough, how do you handle it? Um, Well, I would say that there there are multiple rough moments throughout the week. And that the best way that I have found to handle them is in the moment for you and the kid to take a break. Um, We use breaks in my house a lot. Um, And I can tell that any child to go and take a break and they go and sit on a chair and get control of their emotions if it's an emotional thing. And then we come together and we talk about it. Um, That makes it sound really smooth, but that doesn't mean that it's really smooth. Um, So if it's like an emotional tension or emotional roughness, then that's what we would do. Um, If it is rough because of trouble comp- com- comprehending um, a certain concept or things like that or struggling with reading or things like that then I try and switch it up and do something different to instead of just sitting there and looking at the math problem on a page if it's like I'm just going to use math as an example um, then I try and put the page away and get out beads or something and add the beads together. Um, Now obviously I'm talking about like little kids but I'm sure that there as for older kids and high school students that there are ways that you can remove the paper or whatever it is that's in front of you and look at it in a new and different way. Um, So thinking out of the box it can um, and that's for if it gets rough for like comprehension and things like that. Um, sometimes there are moments when school just seems like the impossible thing to do for the child, like they just cannot wrap their head around doing it, or for you. Um, for in those moments, I would, I would err on the side of grace, and I would say that take a breath, take a breather, both of you, um, and spend some time maybe talking, why don't you want to do school, What what is frustrating you, figure out the issue. That's typically what I do. And if there's like, if the answer is just, I'm tired or I'm sick of doing this, um, sometimes we do something to break up the monotony. Like we do take a half a day break. And the first part of the day, I just let the kid play or do something different and fun and then we tackle subjects in the afternoon um but sometimes um it just, sometimes if it's like a daily thing where the kid is like, I don't want to do school, I don't want to do school, then I would suggest looking at your your routines, seeing like what subject are you starting with that's really throwing this child off? What subject could you put first? Um, is it best to do hardest subject first? Is it best to do easiest subject first or most loved subject first? That would be my uh, advice on. That is what I do when things get rough, and that would be my advice to you on how do you handle it when things get rough. Um, Number two is when do you take a short break slash long break? So during the day, I'll talk about short breaks during the day, we do a couple um, and I'm not super structured with short breaks. I mean, there's obviously ones that come along with lunch and with me putting babies to sleep and things like that. But most, most days I actually just, um, we start, I have a mental plan of like, these are the subjects we're going to do. These are the things we're going to get done today in those subjects. Um, and then we start tackling the subjects and, um, We just kind of see how many we can get through before needing a natural break. And I don't mean like push hardcore, like, come on, we can just squeeze in one more. I mean natural. Like, we've done three. Um, Okay, look, your mind's wondering, you need something to eat, things like that. And um, so we take a short break. Um, We do a lot more breaks for, I do a lot more breaks for younger kids than I do for older kids. We do a long rest break in the middle of the day uh, where everybody just shuts, kind of shuts down or calms down. Um, little ones take naps, older ones uh, uh, rest and do quiet play or listening to a book on an uh, audiobook book or uh, coloring and things like that. Um, so I just work them into my day where they seem natural Honestly, I don't. I don't have super structured break times. I would say the only structured break time I have is that Louisa, my baby, goes down for a nap about the same time every day, morning and afternoon. Um, the morning is the one that I have to. Uh, the kids are have to be out and doing stuff, like they're out in the playroom or living room or something. Um, during that night nap doing things sometimes i give them a chore to do sometimes i just give them like focused play or things like that um for that break and it's about a half an hour maybe a little bit less but the afternoon nap her nap falls around the same time or is at the same time as the older kids rest time so we just all do that together um, and then for longer breaks, which I'm thinking about breaks throughout the school year, uh, my husband is actually a teacher at a private school, um, a specialty school, and so they do year-round schooling, and we follow their schedule. Uh, we do nine weeks on and two weeks off and nine weeks on and so on, and we have longer breaks for Thanksgiving and longer breaks for Christmas and summer and things like that, but... Uh, that's how I plan my year out. It's actually kind of nice to have it. I don't have to really think about it a a whole lot because I'm, we're just naturally following his schedule and that just makes it easier so that vacation time rolls around or just daddy's off and home and we want to be enjoying time with him and not, um, trying to struggle through school while he is home. We just all take a break when he has a break. Um, and then the last question is how was home, has homeschooling affected your spiritual journey? Um, well, I think that it's like two sides of the same coin. If that's the right phrase, I could be wrong. I could be using that phrase wrong. And I know if I am, then Lori or Audrey or mom will probably tell me, but meaning it's the same thing. Um, but they, so they affect each other. I choose to homeschool because of my spiritual journey. I choose to homeschool because I think, and I believe 100% that my educate, my children's education should be a Christian education, that they should learn that the the whole world is about the Lord and not that he fits in little tiny compartments that, math is about the lord and is about god and it can bring glory to god science is about the lord spelling every aspect of i was actually telling cecilia this the other day she was reading something to me and i pause i made her pause and i explained to her like do you realize what this says about the lord even though it's not saying anything about the lord everything that we learn about is in his world. It is part of his world. It is his world. And so everything that we learn about is about him. We can, uh, learn things about him. And so that is why I homeschool is conviction. Um, and I mean, there are other, other things that naturally flow along with that, which is wanting my children to not be in a public school setting where, um, there are, they are surrounded by, unbelievers and things like that um and and they are in a cult they are in a place in a culture where I cannot control it which I know that makes you sound controlling when you say it out loud but honestly it's a really good thing at a young age is that you are supposed to be controlling what is going into your child's mind and their uh, what they see what they hear and all of that so that as they get older, they have already learned, um, and they can discern and wean for themselves. Um, so that flows along with that is why I don't want my kids to go to public school. Um, and so how has it affected my spiritual journey is that it has really, it really digs down and shows you your sin, um, because when you now obviously we see easily our children's sin every day, we can see how they frustrate us, how they're doing something wrong, how they're being unkind to siblings, things like that, how they're being selfish, but it really digs down and convicts you because let's say your child is having a bad attitude and you snap at them and you're like, stop having a bad attitude. Well, then you are really drawn to the fact that you are having a bad attitude and all morning long, you've been snap, snap, snapping and saying to them, um, get that done, get that done. Why haven't you gotten your books out? Da, 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 Well, their attitude is a reflection of your attitude. Basically being with your kids all day, they were, they're a mirror. They reflect back at you, uh, exactly how you're acting. And so it really convicts you. it really shows it really shows you your sin in the best, most gracious way possible. Um, because the Lord could come over and bang us over the head. Um, but he chooses as mother as we as mothers and as ch- teachers to our children to bring the most the thing that we love the most, and the most loving thing to come beside us and show us her sin in the most loving way possible so that we can bend over and we can get hugs from our kids or, as Lori has to do, and she's mentioned this before, reach up and get hugs and from the ones who loved us the most and who unwittingly showed us our our sinful heart. And uh, then we can turn to Christ and they can watch us confess and they can watch us uh, repent and then walk away as if our sins are forgiven and forgotten and that is a blessing to us as mothers to us as homeschool moms and that is definitely how it's impacted my spiritual life the most it makes me inwardly reflect so much to make sure that my attitude and my Um, how I act in every little aspect, whether it being a cup being knocked over or frustration in math or big things like, um, glasses being broken, like when there's glass all over the floor and a baby is in the room or things like that. Every, it makes me really think about how I react to it. Am, am I really reflecting Christ? Am I being Christ-like to my children? Am Am I doing unto them as I would have done to me? And that is my all my answers. So uh, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Positive
0: Adoption. Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter, plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find Positive Adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.